Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Rate Rate Show. I'm your host, Sahan, and today I'm joined by Jerzen. And this is the show where we talk about the things we've discovered during the week that we underrate and overrate. So, Jerzen, how are you doing today? Good, man, good. Uh, so, this is the first time we're recording the podcast, and uh, this is episode one. We just shot episode zero, which was great. And uh, yeah, let's just see how, how this new idea goes. Right, so what do we have lined up today? So today we're talking about all the different note-taking apps we've used. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be quite interesting because we definitely disagree on a lot this episode. So we're going to talk yes. about Rome Research, Apple Notes, and Notion. Right, so we have some big names in here. And uh, I feel like it's also pretty... It would be a good idea to talk about how we use note-taking apps before we get into it, maybe. Do you want to do that? Yeah, that sounds good. Right, so I can go first. So I use note-taking apps for two main reasons. One, uh, university. So I am a medical student. So a lot of my note-taking has been done digitally using some of these applications right here. And I also use note-taking for just general life management, journaling, just meeting notes or whatever. whatever. Like if I'm on a phone call and I want to take notes or book notes or anything like that, that's my major note-taking purpose. And I feel like you differ because uh, our, I would say our uh, educational streams are quite different. Since I'm in medicine, you're in a more, um, yeah. You can just you can just talk about it. I don't want to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I think I'm definitely different because I studied geography at university, and so it was very much. I tend to read a lot of things, filter in, and take notes based on my readings. And even after I graduated, I've still kept up the habit of reading and taking notes on what I write, and. Often, sometimes with those notes, I'll create content. So me and Jerzen both have YouTube channels and a lot of the content that I produce for my YouTube channel is me showing how I take notes uh, from books or videos because I'm very much, I like to yeah write down and capture and often rewrite personally the things, the ideas, the theories I've discovered during my, um, yeah, when I'm consuming content, let's say. So yeah, quite yeah. different, quite different approaches. It, it, it's also the same. It's also the same for me. Like, um, like you mentioned, I also make videos about note taking, and uh, specifically an application called Remnote, where we're both mentors at, which is pretty great. And um, yeah, so let's just get into it. So Rome Research, Apple Notes, and Notion. Let's talk about Rome Research first, because um, this is one application that I actually haven't used. Right, but I've seen a lot about it, and I would say Rome Research is kind of special to me, even though I haven't used it, because it's the one that sort of taught me about bidirectional linking note taking. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically this sort of note taking that ha- that you can do with applications like Rome Research, Remnote, Obsidian MD, um, where you can sort of link two notes with each other. There's no structure, there's no like folder and there's no hierarchy, but you can link two notes with the, with each other through links, which sounds kind of um, sounds kind of funny if you talk about it without actually showing it, but uh, you can check out videos about it. But yeah, so what do you think about Rome Research? Go on. So I first started using Rome Research about a year ago. I think was the first time I discovered it. And for me, it just lit a light bulb in my head. As someone who, I've always studied a subject where the boundaries between different ideas are very 
very loose. As in, it's, for me, it's never been easy to separate my notes because ideas blend together, they blur together. And in university, I used Microsoft Office OneNote, which um, comes pre-installed in all the Windows devices. So I think anyone with a Windows um, PC or tablet will be familiar with it. And that structure, again, is very based on notebooks and very, we would say, hierarchical in that things are divided and you have to sort of, you have notebooks, which then lead to pages, which then leads to paragraphs. And so everything has a hierarchy, in essence. And what Rome Research does with this bi-directional linking is that it completely obliterates the idea of hierarchy. Your base page is a daily notes page. So you a lot of Rome users don't do this, but... Um, the vanilla version, let's say, you write everything on the daily notes page and then you connect ideas from there. And for me, this idea of bidirectional linking changed the game. And so the reason I would say that Rome Research is underrated, even though it's a massive VC-funded company, is that for people who haven't discovered the idea of bidirectional linking, because they sort of emerged with it first, although there are now, let's say, many apps that cover this, Remnote, Obsidian, even Notion, I think, has links to name a few. Because Rome is the original, I think for anyone who, like me, comes from a subject where um, the borders of different ideas and areas are not clear, Rome can really change the game in terms of your note-taking and your idea-making. Right, okay. So do you underrate it or overrate it? Yeah, so this is a tough one because so the thing about Rome is it is incredibly expensive. It's fifteen dollars a month, which is ridiculous for a note taking app. I think if you're a student, it's seven fifty. And so, as someone, I probably wouldn't have paid for it in university. But I think because the interface is so clean, the UI is honestly beautiful, and because they emerged with this idea of bidirectional linking, which I think still so many people are sleeping on, I would say it's underrated. Where do you stand, Jason? I think it's overrated, just to put it out there. Okay, I don't think it's overrated in the sense that it's a bad application. I think it's a great application. And like you said, it sort of pioneered the bi-directional linking sort of note-taking app genre. I don't know if I can call it that, but yeah. But you already mentioned the reason for why I think it's overrated, and that's the price. Because as a student, paying $7.50 a month for a note-taking application seems quite excessive, right? Uh, and $15 if you're not a student. Like, it seems pretty excessive considering the fact that you have applications that do this for free, right? You have Remnote, you have Obsidian, and like you said, Notion does have links, but it's not really the same because I feel like it's a little different because you do still have structure in Notion that you can create. So I, would, I wouldn't throw this in there. But I think because of the price, it's a little overrated coming from a student's point of view, right? But otherwise, I think it's a pretty great application. I think uh, the design, design-wise, I, I think I like Rome's design the best compared to the other applications in this category, like Remnote and Obsidian. Obsidian, uh, I, I know with the other applications, you can use CSS and make them look a certain way. But for me as a person that doesn't really like to mess with code and doesn't really want to go into the weeds of it to make it look pretty, the fact that Rome Research looks the way that it does right off the get-go I really like that. And, and another thing that I want to touch on is that I think Rome Research does have an iPad application, right? Or, you know, it works good on an iPad because you can 
uh, go on to the website because it's a web application. I think Remnode is too. Obsidian, you can't. You can use another application to access your vault in Obsidian, if I remember correctly, which is great. You know, and then you can put your notes in there, which is uh, it's much more secure Obsidian in that way because it's it's local only on your computer. But with Rome, you can access it on your iPad. And in this world, like for me personally, I like using my iPad way more than my computer. So that's always a deciding factor for me. And uh, Rome actually won there, but then the price was a little too high for me. So for that reason, I would say it's a little bit overrated. But, you know, I'm sort of in the middle with this. Like I'm sort of on the fence, but I'm just leaning a little bit towards overrated. Yeah, I mean, I can completely empathize which, uh, with the reasons you've said there. The only thing I would say is that I don't know. I feel like we live in a world where there is a premium when you're the original. So I would recommend that anyone who wants to get into this space of note-taking, biracial linking, that they just give Rome a try just so they can understand what the premium experience, the premium $7.50 in air codes, experience yeah. feels like so that they mm -hmm. can understand. Uh, so they have a baseline comparison for the other apps. Yeah. And... Um... The reason why I never used Rome was because Rome was free for a bit in the initial phase, if I remember correctly. And then the gates of Rome closed, to put it in their own words. And that was when I actually wanted to start using Rome. And then I couldn't start using it. And then they come out with the price, they're like, hey, pay $15 a month. I'm like, wait, what? And that's actually how I discovered Remnote, fun, fun fact. Uh, I went on to Reddit, the Rome subreddit, and I looked for Rome alternatives and then Remnote was the first thing it was like this is basically Rome for free and then yada 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 Remnote was very young back then it was back in August 2020 and um, yeah that's how I started using Remnote and then I never switched back so uh, yeah that's it for Rome research what do you want to talk about next Notion or Apple Notes I feel like these are both pretty controversial for the two of us Wow. I think we should finish on Notion because I can't I'm really looking forward to getting stuck on Notion so I think let's go Apple Notes what are your thoughts on Apple Notes, Jason? Okay, so Apple Notes, I highly underrated, okay? And, um, okay, this is coming from a guy who only uses Apple products for the most part. I use a MacBook, an iPad, an iPhone, an Apple Watch, and we talk about the ecosystem, the Apple ecosystem. Everyone talks about it, right? Like, if you ask a person, like, why do you use a Mac? Why do you use an iPhone? You know, 90% of the 90% of all the answers is going to be because of the ecosystem. And this is the reason why I think Apple Notes is highly underrated. No one uses it. Okay, everyone overlooks Apple Notes because it's the default application that's just pre-installed onto your phone, onto your laptop, onto your iPad. Everyone just, pre like, you just look over it. You're just like, okay, whatever. You know, we can talk about Evernote and Notion. Let's not talk about Apple Notes. But I think there are so many features in Apple Notes that people don't know about that are pretty game-changing. For example, on the okay, the first example I would give is the fact that you can draw and type on the same document without it being totally weird. For example, with Notability, you can still type on the document, but it's not very cohesive. You don't want to be doing that on a daily basis. With Apple Notes, it can be drawing first or it can be typing first. Like there's no disparity. Like both of them are pretty equally uh, powerful. And other reason is. On the iPad, there's this thing where you can tap the Apple Pencil on the lock screen and it automatically opens a new note or you can program it to open the same note. So for me, I have it sort of as a daily note, which changes every 24 hours. And that is so good. It's sort of like a little napkin that you have on you all the time. So you just take the Apple Pencil, you tap it, boom, you can write something. You don't have to unlock your iPad, go to the note-taking application, make a new note. That You just remove the friction so much. 
And I think that's pretty great. And other reason I would say is that it just syncs across all three devices pretty well because, you know, it's Apple and they like the Apple devices talk to each other in a very, very um, connected manner. And I think when you use an Apple first application, it's not saying I'm not saying that other applications don't sync pretty well. Like, for example, Notion, you type something here, you can instantly see it on your other device. But Apple Notes syncs pretty well. And um, yeah, and it counts against your iCloud storage, which is pretty great. So you can have a lot of notes on there as well. Right. So you overrate Apple Notes. Tell me why. So I'm not an avid Apple user. I have an iPhone, but I've never owned a Mac or an iPad. And so for me, I don't get the benefits of the ecosystem, although I can understand why, as someone who has all of those devices, it would be very useful to you. Uh, in a weird way, I do use Apple Notes every day. Like, for example, when I'm at the gym, for me, it's the quickest note-taking app to just open up and dump notes in. And that is where it excels. My issue is, is when people, I wouldn't trust Apple Notes with anything more, just because now that I've discovered this world of other note-taking apps, like Rome or Remnote, I don't think I could feasibly put in information into Apple Notes when I can't link it or search it or with search portals like, for example, in Remnote or like, I don't know, I've discovered this infrastructure within these PKM apps, personal knowledge management apps that I've just come to rely on so heavily that I don't think I could ever go back to a simple Apple Notes system. And uh, I think Apple Notes is great once you realize its simplicity, but in a funny way, you only come to appreciate that when you see in the other side of all the PKM apps. What do you think about that? Like, I think once you've used these PKM apps, you realize what Apple Notes is good for and what you shouldn't use it for. And do you think that's fair? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I always say this, you have different note-taking applications for different needs. For example, Remnote, I use it as a study-first application because of its features, because of its reasons. You know, I won't use Apple Notes as a study application because it doesn't have the features that Remnote has, you know? I use it for different purposes, but I would say if I could only use one note-taking application for the rest of my life, I might choose Apple Notes just because it has a lot of the features that I do want it to have. And um, like you said, because I've used other applications that have other features, you might think that oh, Apple Notes doesn't have it. But before I discovered Remnote, Apple Notes was great. Like, you know, the latency of the pencil was pretty good. Like, I think it's one of the best applications out there for the Apple Pencil because the latency is so, so low. It actually feels like, because I don't have a pro iPad, so I can really feel the difference when I use Good Notes and then Apple Notes or Notability and then Apple Notes. So for that reason, I would say, yes, Apple Notes is pretty great, even though I know other applications like Remnote or Rome Research or Obsidian or whatever. Another feature I want to touch on, which is coming out in iPadOS 15, which is coming out hopefully in September, is um, the quick note feature on the iPad where you can just take your pencil and then drag up from the corner and it creates a little note, like a little widget where you can quickly uh, write things down, put a web page or whatever, and then you can just flick it away. And I think that's going to be pretty great because currently for quick capture, so quick capture is a uh, concept in, in note taking in uh, PKM where when you think of something, you have to quickly note it down because your brain is... Uh, good for coming up with ideas, not good for storing them, yada, yada, yada. We talk about those in our videos, which you can link below, great. But um, I feel like this is gonna be pretty great for quick capture because it's A, system-wide, and B, it's also, 
it's, it's, it's right there. Currently, I use an application called Drafts. So I, have to, I, I still have to open the application. I still have to go in, make a new note. Okay, no, I don't have to make a new note because Drafts does that automatically for you. But I feel like this is going to be so much more better. I haven't played with it personally because I'm not using the iPadOS beta. But I think if Apple innovates it a little bit, you know, Apple Notes can be a very powerful note-taking app. And the fact that it's free, completely free, you don't have to pay for anything. I think that's actually really, really good. Another thing that I also want to touch on from the iPadOS beta is uh, tagging. Tagging is actually coming to the Apple Notes application. I, I remember seeing that. And um, yeah, I think the application just, just needs a little bit of tweaking and then it'll be a little better. But at this stage, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. And I would say it's highly underrated. Not, not enough people use Apple Notes. So yeah. Yeah, no, I completely understand. It's just... I think it's just because we're such different. We have just a different device ecosystem. So like I rely completely on my Windows laptop. I have a high-spec Windows laptop and everything I go goes to that. Even when I was at university, I would take notes on my laptop or handwrite them and put them through my laptop. I've never, ever used an iPad or a tablet to take notes. And so stuff like Apple Pencils and latency and quick out on iPad just doesn't mean anything to me. So uh, It's like, get out of here. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So it is, it's a great option. It's very cheap if you can pay for an iPad. Yes, definitely. But okay, even if you have an iPhone, I feel like it, most people have phones. Okay, I, I feel like phones and laptops are pretty necessary. And if you have a laptop and if you have an iPhone, you can still use Apple Notes pretty well because, you know, um, you, you can like communicate with the applications pretty well. And um, yeah. Like I, I use Apple Notes quite a lot now. It's it's been my primary note taking app for the past month or so. I moved from RemNote to Apple Notes, Notion. I, I use a lot of applications right now, but Apple Notes is pretty primary for me in the sense in the in terms of journaling reviews. Like I do semester reviews, yearly reviews. I moved all of that from Notion into Apple Notes. This is also because of privacy, because uh uh, Apple Notes is, I would say, pretty secure. Like, I trust the application a little bit more. I don't know why I would do that, uh, why I would say one application is better than the other. But, you know, I feel like with Apple, things are just a little bit more secure, so it doesn't really have to be a worry for me. So, yeah. Right. Let's talk about the big boy here, Notion. So, Sahan, we both do use Notion. I use Notion quite a bit to manage my business, this podcast, my projects that I'm working on. I even use it to uh, monitor and sort of keep track of my classes and my like what I have to study when I'm in medical school. Currently, I'm on vacation, but when my semester is on. So what do you use Notion for and what do you think about it? So I use Notion for two things. I use it. I use it to track my YouTube content calendar because I find it very useful switching between views, the databases. It's great at that. And also for collaboration. Unlike other apps like um, RemNote, for example, or other note-taking systems, Notion makes it incredibly easy to collaborate. And I think those are the two strengths, the databases and the collaboration. I think that's where Notion really excels. However, I have a problem with Notion, and I think we've just hit peak Notion. I don't know. When did it... I feel like I can't go through YouTube now or watch a productivity YouTube video without people mentioning Notion. I have Notion for this. I made my website in Notion and I just, it frustrates me because I just think there are so many other apps. There's a such variety in terms of the app ecosystem and yet people choose to use Notion for so many things. 
Um, I even saw there's a woman who now you can train yourself to become a notion consultant. And so it's almost like it's not we're not at pyramid scheme levels, but it's like it's now there's this almost notion become this workplace skill and people feel they need to be good at notion. It's not necessarily what notion does or how you use it. It's just notion is this skill. And it really, really annoys me. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that, again, I studied a subject that doesn't really benefit from this tabular database viewpoint. I think Notion, in terms of databases and organization collaboration, it is incredible. I'll say that again. I think Notion is an incredible tool. But when you want to be creative, when you want to think outside the box, I don't think Notion is appropriate. And that's where my issue with Notion lies, is that I just think we've hit peak Notion, and at some point it's all going to come crashing down. What are your what are your thoughts, Jason? I love the fact that you said peak notion. That's like so I love that. I love that term. I'm gonna write it down somewhere. Peak notion. Alright, okay. So you clearly think that it's overrated, right? I, I, I'm I'm on the other boat. I think it's highly underrated. Because Okay. I agree with what you said. Like there's so many people online right now that use Notion that create content on Notion and you know talk about how they use Notion. You can even build websites on Notion now. I think there's a company called Super if I remember correctly, super.so where you can actually purchase sort of like hosting where you like host with WordPress and stuff. You can build a website on Notion. I think it's underrated because A Notion isn't that difficult to use, okay? Notion is easy. And B, Notion can be what you want it to be. Like with Remnote, you have, Remnote doesn't have structure, right? But what you see is sort of what you get. Like you have note taking, like you can just take notes in there. But in Notion, because it has a block format, you can make it into whatever you want it to be. So for example, I use Notion, like I said, for a multitude of different things. So on the podcast page where you and I are collaborating. That's another point. Like collaboration on Notion is pretty great, like you mentioned. But for example, on the podcast page, we have a calendar view, a little to-do list and a content inbox where we you know, put in things that we want to discuss. And I don't think I can do this on any other note-taking application without making it into multiple pages. Like on RemNote, I can make it and it can just be different bullet points or on Google Docs or something like that. But with Notion, you can sort of make it into your own little web page if that makes sense and um, another thing is I also use it to track my YouTube content like you do and for that I have a Kanban board but I also have it as a board view a calendar view I think that's pretty great I think it's pretty pretty good for that I also use it to track my finances like sort of like Microsoft Excel as a little database I mean sorry not a database but a uh, numbers application and yeah for that reason I think it's pretty underrated because you can make whatever you want out of it. Do you want it to just be normal notes where it's just bullet points and whatever? Sure, use it like that. But do you want it to be very complicated? Use it for that. But I wouldn't say Notion's all well and good. There are some things I don't really like about it. A, speed. I don't know if it's because I use a MacBook Air, which isn't the highest end computer out there, but Notion lags a lot for me. Lags and is just not as fast as other note-taking applications. Compared to Apple Notes, for example, like we spoke about earlier, Notion is pretty slow. And another thing is, yes, it's good for collaboration, but it can also get a little messy because, for example, maybe this is because I don't have it organized, but I have one workspace called Jersen's Workspace, and I have all my shared things here, but I always get confused as to, like, who am I sharing with? I feel like it could be a little bit more transparent there, but I feel like that's a very niche case. That's my problem, not a Notion problem. 
So yeah, those are my thoughts. I think I think the key difference between Notion and these other apps at the moment is that I think when people discover Notion, there's a lot of people telling you how to set up your Notion. So for example, you have Red Gregory who creates amazing content, a guy called August Bradley. And what I would warn people about is taking a very top-down approach to Notion. With other noting apps, it's because there's not that much content on it, it's very much up to you to build, to start slowly and build up a system that suits you. Whereas in Notion, I think we're now at the stage where it's very easy to take someone else's system and stick it in your Notion. And so I've been burnt one or two times by taking Notion templates or really big philosophies, Notion philosophies, and trying to stick them in my Notion and just trying it out for two or three weeks and just completely not wasting my time, but really struggling. And so I think that is what I would warn against. Like if you are starting with Notion, learn about it, watch tutorials. But I wouldn't recommend, for example, uh, there's this, August Bradley has this system, Pillars, Pipelines, and Vaults. And I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't recommend taking someone's system wholesale and putting it into your Notion account. I would recommend starting slowly, building databases, learning about the collaboration features, and going from there. But there are quite a few people now on YouTube and Twitter and other places who want to sell you a whole Notion ecosystem off the bat. And I don't think that works for the majority of people. I, you, won't, you won't hear about those people because I don't think there's really a space to say this didn't work for me or I didn't find this that great. But they definitely exist. A lot of people get burnt by these big top-down systems. And I think they're quite insidious because if you take someone's system, you put it in and it doesn't work for you, you can often feel like it's your fault. Like it's my fault that I'm not updating the databases every day or that I don't understand these complex relationships between my databases. But it's because you've started too soon. So yeah, key point is I think Notion is a great app. If you're going to use it, start small and build up your systems yourself rather than adopting entire systems from other people. All right, okay, that makes sense. Okay, if I think about it, when I started using Notion, not a lot of people were making templates, putting them online where you can share them and download them and put them into your own Notion. So I've definitely learned a lot of building with Notion from the beginning. Like it was just me from the beginning. And I would say that little journey, that little pathway sort of helped me in liking Notion a lot more. And if I were to just download the application today as a brand new person and then start using everyone's templates, I feel like it would be a little overwhelming because you won't use all of the features and you don't really learn how to use the application. There is a learning curve. It's not that easy. It's not just plug and play. So yeah, I would agree with that. You know, when you start using Notion, don't just jump in and start using someone else's template just start creating by yourself and start building by yourself. How did you start using Notion? Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, so originally I started taking book notes in Notion and taking down ideas for my course. And for reasons I mentioned earlier, that didn't really, the way that Notion works is you have these databases and pages. And at the time you couldn't link very easily between the between different pages. And so I'd end up with these siloed areas of notes and once I discovered other applications like Rome Research and RemNote, being able to connect between those two just sort of blew Notion out of the water. And I think it, that, I think it's it's very much that specific use case. Perhaps Notion isn't the best for that if you want to use your book notes creatively to sort of um, yeah to create other content or to balance to bounce ideas off each other. But uh, yeah, that's what I used Notion for originally. 
Okay, all right. For me, it started with... Um, I've had a very... Like, okay, so I started... Okay, this is a little bit of a history by myself, but I started using note-taking applications for PKM and just studying in general in my first year of medical school. So this was in 2019. Uh, September of 2019 is when I actually started to take things seriously. Uh, so it was my second semester, and I discovered active recall, space repetition, Ali Abdal, all that. And I thought to myself, okay, I need to get my things together. I need to start using some applications, stop taking handwritten notes and whatnot. And um, I decided to start using Notion. And uh, Notion actually made me buy a laptop. Okay, so in the beginning, Notion had an iPad application, and it wasn't really that good. And I used my iPad, it had the smart keyboard, and didn't have the magic, it didn't have cursor support back then, like that was not a thing. So I used the iPad, it wasn't great. I actually went onto my friend's laptop sometimes so I could move things around because you just couldn't do that in the iPad. And a couple of months later, I thought, okay, I use Notion this much, I'm gonna buy a laptop. So I bought a laptop for that reason, because I would say 90% because I wanted to use Notion. And um, yeah, I started with taking university notes, but then I moved to Remnote for that. But I still use Notion for a lot of collaboration, a lot of project management. I feel like that's where Notion really, really excels because you can collaborate really well and you can also share. I'm mean, sorry, that's the same as collaboration, but you can also like have different views that really helps. Like, for example, our episode tracker in the podcast page, we have a calendar view, a board view, a table view. I don't think any other application can do that. Maybe some applications can like Asana and stuff, but Notion just puts everything together. And uh, yeah, for that reason, I think Notion is pretty great and also underrated. Yeah, I think we'll agree to disagree on Notion. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Our plan with every single episode is to end off with something that we find underrated. So Sahan, what do you find under what did you find this week that you think is underrated? So what I think is underrated is short form content or specifically creating short form content i think especially for when i was starting out the first content i've created wait do you mean like tiktok oh. yeah i'm talking about tiktok yeah so and i think the thing is when you're starting a new skill there are all these different elements right with video you have the lighting the filming the speaking the editing the uploading the seo there's so much and i think especially for a beginner that can be very overwhelming and recently, I haven't been posting videos because I've been experimenting with TikTok. Me and a friend have started a, a politics meme page on TikTok. And in three weeks, we've hit about 3,000 followers. We got about 90,000 90, likes and 2 million views. That just shows the power of TikTok. And I think one of the reasons is it's very easy to post three clips a day. And you just see them all fly off. And some of them do terribly. And some of them do very well. But I think after using TikTok, in this way, I've now separated my content and how I feel about my content from the algorithm. Because I think with a YouTube video that's 10 minutes long, you get really emotionally attached to it in a way that you don't with a 30 second clip. Like I see every YouTube video as almost like a judgment of my value when it does well or when it does badly. So for anyone who wants to start creating content, I'd recommend just create 30 second, one minute videos, stick them out. Uh, you'll learn a lot. I think you'll learn a lot through the process. And also you'll feel less pressure during the learning process because everything will be shortened. So yeah, that's my underrated thing of the week, posting on TikTok. Okay. I've never downloaded TikTok to watch nor to post. I've never done that. I do watch Instagram Reels. I'm not that kind of person that's like, oh, I don't want to watch TikTok. It's because I don't want to use my phone a lot. I like the whole digital minimalism thing. Maybe we can talk about that in another episode. But um, 
yeah for that reason I, i've never downloaded tiktok i do watch tiktoks like they're they're reposted on instagram quite a bit but yeah i, I can see what you mean by that because with youtube even my experience is that there's so much friction in actually building up a video and i feel like you and i have this i don't want to call it a notion but um we, we sort of have this thing where we want our videos to look and feel a certain way like we want that quality to go up maybe it's because we're into self-growth and stuff we want it to be better every single iteration but for that reason i find myself holding back from uploading videos quite a bit because I, I think like okay i want it to be perfect i want this shot to be exactly the way i want it to be i shoot it like 20 times or something you know so yeah uh you're not that emotionally attached to a 30 second clip like you are with a 10 minute youtube video so yeah that makes sense so my underrated thing for this week's ahan is going out on a drive in the morning and uh okay i feel like i need to explain what i mean by that so i started going to the gym about a couple of months ago and I decided I decided that I want to go to the gym first thing in the morning. So I lift weights and I go between my gym opens at 6 a.m. So I decided to wake up at 5.30 and then be there by maybe 6.05, 6.15 after, um, after I get ready. And these past couple of days, I've actually been really, really early with that. Usually I, I will wake up between 5.30, 5.45, stop the alarm a bit, you know, snooze, whatnot. But... For the past couple of days, I've been waking up at around 5.15, 5.20, so I managed to get to the gym at 6, and the drive, it's a 10-minute drive from here to the gym, but it's pretty great. Like, in the morning, it's very silent. Like, so I live in Dubai, but I, I, I'm not in the city. I'm a little bit on the outskirts, so I drive through a little bit of a back road, but, you know, the sun is rising, and... I feel like this is very subjective depending on where you live, but the sun is rising. The Like, I don't really put any music on or podcasts or anything like that. It's it's really silent, but just hearing the car just going down the road in the morning, I feel like it's a very good, it's a very good thing to do first thing in the morning. Getting some sort of sunlight, being outside, just don't be inside. I feel like that's a very good thing. And it's probably one thing that I'm going to keep doing even when I go back to Rico. I'm going to try to get sunlight in the first hour of waking up going to be pretty difficult in the winter months because in Riga the sun tends to rise at 8:30 or 9 a.m. in the winter. So that's not going to be easy, but I'll try my best, I guess. Yeah, so really interesting. So do you make a point not to play any music or put on the radio while you're driving? Like or is that just something you do naturally? It's natural. Like it really depends upon what I feel like. So sometimes I would connect to the car's bluetooth, sometimes I would throw my AirPods in. The the reason I throw my AirPods in is because I'm just lazy because when I get out of the car, I don't want to go to the gym and then put my AirPods in. I just want to go in, get my workout done, and then come out because I'm very lazy with working out and with the whole working out thing, I just want to make it as frictionless as possible. Like I only work out 20 minutes a day and I work out six days a week just so I can stay consistent. This goes back to like the atomic habits thing, like try to do it every single day. Like I could easily do full body workouts three times a week. I experimented with that. And what I found out was that for a whole month, I didn't go to the gym because I was lazy because I was thinking like, okay, I can go tomorrow because it doesn't really matter like how big the gap is between the between the the sessions the days but with this i have to go every single day and yeah for that reason um yeah i forgot the actual question what were we talking about all right okay uh do i make it a point to listen to the pod okay um yeah it really depends upon my mood sometimes i feel like listening to music listen to music sometimes i like listen to podcasts but the silence is actually pretty great. Like, it's not something where I'm not putting it on because, 
I think it's going to be good for my mental health or something. It's just a very, it depends upon how sleepy I am, how awake I am, whatnot. So, yeah. Sweet. Cool. So I think that just about wraps it up for the first episode of the podcast. Right. Okay. See you next week, guys. Goodbye. See you next week.